Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hello and welcome to Parenting Today, RYM's podcast for parents about youth issues. My name is Kirk Cooper, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and my the better part of this duo, John Parrott. John Parrott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kurt. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. And, and um, a new, you're in a new location, too. You're not in your usual that's spot. Right. That's right. I don't have the map of the world behind me to make me look more important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys don't know this because you're listening and there's no visual, but uh, we video this through Skype and typically uh, in my office. I have a map of the world behind me that was printed in 1982. So it's a really up to the date map um, that I use all the time. Uh, Anyway, and it's not there, so I don't look nearly as important. So John's not going to respect me for this podcast. But uh, we are here uh, this morning uh, to talk about sports. Hmm. Yay, sports. Um, And there's a lot to consider with sports. We're going to do it as we always do it through uh, the lens of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And uh, we're going to talk with John. Uh, John didn't want me to bring this up, or he did want me to, but he didn't want me to bring it up so obviously. But obviously, John has written a book about sports. Uh, he wrote a book called Tuesdays with Maury. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, just kidding. He didn't write that. We're going to have to put that link up on the site now because you mentioned it. Oh, oh, really? Tuesdays with more, yeah. I don't even know if it's about sports. He's just a sports writer. Um, You wrote Season on the Brink about following. Another uh, link. You're just making more work for me, Kurt, because I've got to put the links up. (laughs) And you just said it, so it's got to go up there. Excellent, excellent. That's what I like (laughs) to do is make. Now, John wrote a book called Time Out um, and is available through New Growth Press. Right, John? No. <laughs> no, no, wait, sorry. That one's no, well, then we'll just we were talking we were talking about new growth press. No, over. I'm gonna keep it in. Um, okay. We no, do have a new growth press link too. We were just talking about new growth press. That's and, why. And just so you know, it sounds like you're saying new growth press, but it's press. Yeah, it's press. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. Which I do just as we're talking about links and we're still not in the episode yet, on episode seven on pornography, you referenced the movie A Simple Plan. Uh, yeah. to, to kind of give a, an illustration. And that link is on our, our site. So well, we try to be very accurate with our links. And since you said those what, other what things. If, what if there is, well, since we're talking about this, what if there's a church called New Growth Presbyterian Church and this whole time people have been you know <laughs> located somewhere and they think that I've been, because of the way that I incorrectly say press, that they have been thinking that they're just getting all this you know, attention from <laughs> their IT guys. Like we're blowing up guys. I don't know what, why people are visiting our site ten, so much. 10 people visited <laughs> our site today. Uh, 10, 10 likes. It's like when your parents are on Instagram and they're like, my, my, my video got 11 likes. Be like, awesome. Mom. Awesome. Mom. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten 11 likes for anything, Kurt. So that kind of, yeah. That's not true. I know that's not true. I'm sure you. I'm sure somewhere one of your tweets has 11 retweets or something like that. So, <laughs> um, so we can we can steer this back on um, as we're talking about sports. Kurt, what was what were some of the sports you were involved in growing up, and what was kind of? I mean, no, no jokes. What, what what sport did you do <laughs> I well? Up. What what sport did you? I was like do Madden. well in. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the NFL Blitz? Wasn't that for the, the uh, never 64? That that's, the one where you could, that's the one where you could like literally murder the people on the field. Yeah, like, it was like, awesome. A first awesome. down. I unlocked, a, I unlocked a machine gun for my linebacker. It's you'd, really hard. You have to, you'd have to get uh, 30 yards for first down, right? Because the guys were all huge, and you could do crazy yeah. tackles. And anyway, yeah. I did, I did like that. That was fun for a while. But besides video games, Kurt, what what sports were you involved in? Okay. Sincerely, those that you did well in. Well, I didn't do well really in any sports, but I was a, I was a mediocre cross country runner and track runner for most of my time in junior high and high school. And I ran, uh, so in cross country, you run the, we ran 5k, so 3.1. And then, uh, in track, I ran the 800, which is literally the worst race to run. Uh, just ask anyone who does track. No one wants to run the 800. So that's where they stick like someone like me. So, and I went to a big (laughs) high school. We had, you know, really, um, sometimes my students are kind of surprised at how fast I was and, um, but I wasn't even good enough to be really anything on our team, but they're like, Oh wow, that's kind of fast. And I'm like, well, you know, but I know well, John, you, you, you starred, you had, what you have like 10 varsity letters or something like that. You were like a real, nope. real champ in sports. Not even a little I, bit. Uh, I mean, first I will say I've seen Kurt play basketball and he can actually play pretty well. Um, people look at me sometimes and, you know, I'm six two, six three, and assume I was a basketball player. I was not. I was terrible at basketball. Um, I was never a a good athlete. I was, I guess I'll say it didn't come naturally to me. Um, I had to, to definitely work to, to play um, anything and uh, soccer was the sport that I, I kind of stuck with. I mean, played a lot of different things growing up: uh, tennis, baseball, a little bit of church league basketball. Um, Ooh, church league yes. basketball! Yeah, just, uh, oh, the best f- football later in life. Uh, I was the kicker, and let's just go ahead and say backup kicker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I went out my senior year because a lot of my friends were on it, and uh, it was fun. I did have a good time. Um, but yeah, what, so I, what high school, John, what high school did you go to? Uh, RH Watkins, but I don't think, and I should know this. I think they ended up changing the name. I think it's just Laurel high school, public school in Laurel, Mississippi. For those of you who watch HGTV out there, the, the show hometown is based in Laurel, Mississippi. So, um, and yeah. Have, and for the record, I, just so we know, both John and I are from Mississippi. If you couldn't tell from our accents and, uh, I went to Tupelo High School, so anyway, another public school in Northeast Mississippi. So Elvis, Elvis, Elvis Presley. That's right. Shout out to the Golden Wave. Um, so they're uh, <laughs> we were the Golden Tornadoes. Oh, y'all were the Golden Tornadoes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to Mississippi high schools having taking disasters like tsunamis and tornadoes, making them golden, and all of a sudden being something awesome. They, <laughs> there are no waves in Tupelo, by the way. It's completely landlocked. There's not even a lake. So. Uh, or if there is, it's really small. So I don't know where they got that. I guess they just ran out of nicknames. So yeah. that's who so we look, are. Kurt and I like to banter at the beginning, and I do think it's it's fun sometimes. But I know it can maybe annoy some people. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the content of the show because we're at se- <laughs> we're at we're at seven minutes right now. I guess there could have been a more graceful segue, but um, that was pretty yeah. abrupt. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. Okay. Well, let's talk about sports. And let's talk about the created good of sports. What is good about sports? And I guess the first thing that I that came to my mind when I thought about this, John, was 
that in the creation mandate, God commands uh, Adam and Eve to be fruitful and to multiply. And then there is this other command where they're to fill the earth, they're to subdue the earth and to have dominion over it. And I guess one of the creative goods of sports is that I first thing that I could really think of was that it allows us to uh, experience with practice and discipline, it allows us to experience some level of mastery. Um, if you ever watch uh, uh, archery uh, or uh, if you watch, uh, you know, like the a marathon, uh, that's someone who is trained over and over and over again uh, to and mastered their some level of mastery over their body so that they can do something that someone just a run of the mill person who's never practiced has literally no shot of doing. Um, and so uh, there's a there's a obviously we're probably going to talk about chariots of fire a few times in here. Um, but and there's another link for you to uh, fill out. But, you know, what what is the quote that Eric Little uh, says um, has for when, um, you know, he's fast. He said, God made me fast. Uh, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Um, and there's this idea that I, my body, I can train my body to do this thing. And this thing will be um, not only does it give me joy, but I also feel as if God made me to do it. So there's that level of mass. That was the first thing that came to my mind when it came, when I thought about the creative good of sports. What about you? Yeah, no, I mean, just to, to kind of go off that, it is amazing to think about, you know, the Olympics um, and to, to look at these athletes. Uh, but to think, you know, when you continue to see, you know, especially in, you know, let's just take uh, sprinters, for example, you, you know, the, I, I mean, there's got to be a point. You continue to see these records being broken, but there's got mm. to be a point when, humans can only get as fast mm -hmm. <laughs> you know there, there's going to be a, a wall they're going to hit soon that we cannot get much faster uh as a species you know um mm -hmm. as much as you try to hone your skill and lift weights and diet you know perfect diet and exercise everything we, we've got to hit a wall where it's just you cannot get any faster than this i mean you think of usain bolt i mean fastest mm -hmm. human being on the face of the earth it's phenomenal to watch that. Um, but anyway, it's just a thought of, um, as well, much there, well, there's so much to it too, because it's not just that Usain Bolt has spent all this time mastering this craft. He definitely has done that, but also genetically he was given the, like there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time mastering their craft at sprinting or whatever. You can pick any kind of, uh, athletic competition, but then you also, it has to be a comp, you know, I'm thinking about Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, um, book outliers it's not just the natural ability which you have to have but then on top of that there has to be this genetic and we obviously we would not call it luck but there has to be the providence that god has given you this ability to do something i don't know if you've ever seen the graph that shows the the hundred meter dash and like the it shows all how fast um like all the gold medalists throughout history in the hundred meter dash and there's i'm sure you I'll, I'll find this and we can add it to the links page, but you can see just how much we've progressed, but you can also see how the progression in time has been diminishing, diminishing, diminishing. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, hundreds of seconds are what we're cutting off of it instead of whole seconds or whatever. Yeah. So there's and, that too. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers. I mean, it, it, it's a phenomenal book. It's so interesting and he can just tell a story so well. Um, but yeah, but yeah, looking at, 
there's a community aspect to this uh, success that it's not just one person, an individual um, accomplishing this goal. There, there's all these other factors. And as you said, God's providence that kind of gets them to this point in their, their life. But yeah, the creational good, Kurt, as you asked me, uh, just the first thing that comes to mind, I've said this before, but uh, just team, uh, when we think of being mm-hmm. a part of a team as significant, I mean, if somebody asked me, okay, what's the one thing you miss about playing sports or what's the highlight? I mean, it's being a part of a team for sure. And we would say, as we said this on our dating episode a couple of weeks ago, we're created in the image of a triune God. And so we we are hardwired for relationships. And so team definitely taps into that relational desire that we all have in our hearts. And uh, there, there's, you know, different types of relationship we can have. And team fosters this unique uh, type of uh, just relationship. I mean, there is a lot of time you spend together, a lot of intimate moments, a lot of difficulty. I mean, I can just remember thinking back to, to one team I was a part of. There, there was this guy who, who was kind of known as a jerk in our high school and just kind of not, not really a friendly guy, not really a nice guy. We were not friends, but when we stepped on the field, I mean, he had my back. I mean, I can remember this one time, this guy, you know, tried to pick a fight with me during a game and he just came up in the middle of it and took my, my back. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it was an interesting thing. I even thought, you know, we're not even that, that close of friends, but when you're on the field, that team mentality is just, it's a special thing for sure, and we can, you know, say that taps into a creational good. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, also, you know, the idea of discipline or the idea of practice—that uh, you practice something, and the more that you practice it, uh, the better you become at it, and the more you understand um, how to do it. And if only, you know, I think we're when we get to the fall side of this, we're going to see how eager people are to practice some things and how we wish they might take that energy and pra- and put it to practice of uh, practice and put it in other places, especially spiritual disciplines. But, you know, just that idea that uh, if I want to honor God with this and do my best with it, whatever I do, that I'm going to have to practice it and I'm going to have to make sacrifices. I'm going to not be able to be to do this or to do that, to do option A or option B or option C, if I'm going to devote my time and energy to being the best I can at this particular thing. So that's another I guess I guess I would say created good as far as uh, mm-hmm. as far as sports are concerned. Yeah, and something I know we've brought up on this this podcast a lot, but that's the you know understanding of stewardship uh, that that God is you know reigning, ruling over all of creation. He um, is it Clowney who said that he owns every square inch, or there's not a square inch of creation that he doesn't point to and say mine. Yes. Well, I like how you asked me if I knew that when clearly you are the more well-read of the two of us. It should be me going, who is the guy who said? And you would be like, it's clowny, Kurt. It's clowny. But you, you're so sweetly and mildly patronizingly were like, is it clowny? When you know that it's clowny and you know that I probably don't know that it's clowny. I appreciate it. <laughs> I do what Behind I can, Kurt. I try. I try, man. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, God looks at all of creation and there's not one square inch where he doesn't say mine. He owns it all. And so when we think of kind of bringing that into the sports realm and, you know, stewardship, God being Lord of, of everything, that he he's over our bodies. Uh, we know, you know, 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that your body is not your own. And that has, you know, many implications. And in that actual context, you know, it's talking about sexual sin, uh, but the truth that our bodies don't belong to us. And we are to steward our bodies, uh, that 
Uh, we aren't just to you know sit on the couch and eat Doritos and uh, just binge watch constantly, which that's a maybe a plug, Kurt, that we're going to have an episode on binge watching before yes. uh, too long. But um, but we're we're so just... if, if you, so if you haven't been listening to our podcast, binge binge listen to our podcast so you can get to the one about binge watching. <laughs> Is that what you're about to say? And eat Doritos while you're doing it. Yes, mm. um, I hate Doritos. By the way, hot take coming in, but I do oh, not man. like Doritos. Anyway, none, can... none none of the Doritos. None of the flavors. Not a fan. Not oh, a fan. Man. Okay, we'll have to. Talk and I'm about really that. not a fan of you, of you or anyone else's breath after they've been eating. Been eating <laughs> well, Doritos I'll give too. you that, uh, especially the cool, cool ranch Doritos. Um, yes. Tough. All right, let's move back to sports. <laughs> yes. So, so stewarding our body. I, I mean, it is not. Um, again, our bodies are not ours to waste. Uh, they belong to the Lord, and of course, we can quickly, and we'll probably bring this up. We can get into idolatry of the body easily. Um, but and I, and I would say I almost said you know I think we we tend towards that more uh, than gluttony slash laziness or, or whatever but maybe not I mean mm-hmm. I, I would say that we don't really think much about uh, caring for the body God has given us from from that perspective I don't think the average Christian thinks of that and so all that to say sports are definitely a way in which we can steward our, the bodies God has given us uh, so uh, that would be mm-hmm. something for sure that's a creational good. Mm. All right. Well, if that's what's good about sports, um, if you'll allow me to transition us, let's talk about uh, how the fall has affected the way in which we engage with sports. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot to talk about here. There's always more to talk about with the fall than with creation because we've spent more time dealing with the ramifications of the fall uh, than um, and let's than- just. Yeah. Let's just say that you know the Bible only has two chapters. <laughs> yeah, that, that are pre-fall. Um, the rest of the Bible yeah. is you know in the midst of the already in the not yet. And I know there's prophecy for it as well in Scripture. Yeah. So let me just say that before somebody attacks us. But um, but Some yeah, seminary student who's being forced to listen to this by <laughs> the, someone the one who knew immediately about Clowny before the two yeah months. exactly. Actually, it's not Clowny. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert! I mean, he's uh, just called. They're pushing their glasses <laughs> up while they say that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Too far. Uh, well. My first, my first thing about the fall, uh, we're going to talk about idolatry, but I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about that. But I would say, and this is more of a controversial take, but I'm going to throw this out there, and I'd love for it to get your response on it, is that one of the problems with sports is that it's inherently competitive. And competition, I, I'm not 100% sure that you can justify a lot of the way that we handle competition in the world um, from scripture. And, uh, you know, the idea is not, Hey, let's race and see how fast we can be. You know, the most rudimentary sport would be let's race. It's what all the children do. It's what kindergartners do at recess. Let's all race each other or let's chase each other. Um, the, the, the idea is not what, let's see how fast you can be the idea is, can I be faster than that other person? Um, and I was I was actually, for a different purpose, I was reading back through Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and he was talking about pride, and he calls that mm. chapter in Mere Christianity is called um, The Great Sin, which is a, it's a really it's a good chapter. It's a phenomenal chapter. Yeah, and, and he says that the one thing about pride versus humility is that pride is inherently competitive because— the source of joy in pride or, or what pride desires is not something, not the girl's attention that you like or the um, or or money 
or uh, fame or any of those things. It's not, that's not what pride get, uh, feeds off of. The pride feeds off having more of that thing than another person. Mm-hmm. Um, to have, to have something just so that someone else can't have it. And it just got me thinking a lot about competition, John. And I think this is probably where a lot of the sin issues with sports are when you're in the game. We can talk about what happens on outside the game and how that can be, uh, how that can cause some problems too. But when you're in the game, this is the, the desire to defeat someone, to put them down. And because you must, uh, instead of trying to be the best, that, that there's a real conflict there. And I think the line between those two things is not as easily demarcated as maybe we would set it out to be. So that's one of the things that I thought of when it comes to the fall and how it affects sports. Yeah, I think you're very wise to bring that up. I mean, I've had this conversation with somebody and I mean, there was a point where we said, you know, we didn't know if competition was a result of the fall or not Mm -hmm. Um, because, and and I mean, there are going to be some who want to push back on this, but I mean, we've got to as Christians at least wrestle with this and at least talk about this. And just as you're listening to us talk about this, um, and if you disagree, just to at least know we're, we're not saying we've got the final answer on this or the final Oh, no, authority. I'm saying I have all the final answers. Just do whatever <laughs> I say. Right, also, right. send your checks to no, – um. but, but it's something – you know, this is how this needs to happen in, in the Christian circles. There needs to be a conversation between brothers and sisters in Christ trying to figure this out because uh, at least admit <laughs> there is a lot of bad – competition out there and there is a lot of sin that gets entangled in competition because i mean there's i think if we just wanted to define competition crassly we would say it's about uh, boasting in ourselves at another's expense Mm. Uh, you know glorying in ourselves at another's expense Uh, being declared being declared the winner while someone else is being declared the loser yes um Yeah. mm -hmm. yeah and and so uh, so yeah, there's a lot of negative competition. I heard, and and I've got to find this article. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think it's by Jeremy Treat, and it's on uh, the Gospel Coalition. And it's actually, do you know their academic kind of thing that they release, the Thamelios or something like that? I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll look. Come up on, man. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I know you, you know, you know so, all of that. Jeremy Treat is a uh, he's thought a lot about sports, and he actually said how competition is basically an iron iron sharpening iron type of thing mm-hmm. that that is two different either individuals or teams coming together saying, okay, we know these are the rules of this specific sport, and the goal of this sport is for my team or me as the individual to beat you. And you're also mm-hmm. trying to beat me. And so we're agreeing upon this and we're saying, I'm going to try to beat you as best as I can, you know, um, abiding by the rules of this sport. And you're doing the same thing. And we both understand that. And so entering in kind of from that perspective, our iron sharpening iron, I think we can say as Christians, competition is a good thing. But I'm positive many parents are not communicating this type mm-hmm. of God honoring competition. Most of our students have no clue about this worldview kind of idea of, God honoring competition. It is a pride filling glory, uh, self glory reveling type of, of thing where it's just we get to boast and we get to mock. And I mean, just, you know, take any kind of uh, rivalry, college rivalry um, at your state, wherever you are listening to this. Um, most students, and I would 
call our students out on this all the time. They cannot wait to show up on Sunday to rub it in the other person's face. And <laughs> well, I live in Alabama, John, I know, yes, so I don't exactly. know if you've heard. There's an Iron Bowl or something teams, like that. There's two teams here: UAB and and Troy, <laughs> and they really they are really fierce. They really need to calm it down a little bit. So, so anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's um, I've talked to my students of hey, look, there is some some friendly ribbing you can do of, you know, when your Mm -hmm. team beats the other and all that, but are you really loving your neighbor? Um, like you should, are you really uh, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you? Um, and so there's that. You know what's funny about that, John? You know, since you mentioned rivalries, but you know, what's funny about that is that like, I think, you know, you talk about higher level sports, collegiate sports, professional sports, there's a definitely you don't get to that level without being having some of the simple aspects of competition really flare up in your life. But at the same time, like if you think about coaches and and people on coaching staffs, a lot of them have a lot of respect for each other. You know, the coach of Alabama, like Gus Malzahn and Nick Saban probably have an extreme amount of respect for one another and uh, much more so than their fan bases would. Or, you know, you think about uh, in the past, you know, fan bases that have or, or people that have been at each other's throats and the, cause, cause, because the coaches understand what they're trying to do. And in essence, that's what sports is. You know, I think of sports, I think the most rudimentary sport besides running would be chess. And I know you're probably not expecting me to bring that up because you not sit at all. and I did not play see that chess. But chess is, when you think about it, chess is a very, this, by the way, the world chess championships are going on right now. So, Oh, I know. Um, I've got money on that one. <laughs> wow. Well, we haven't done gambling yet, but that might be a subject uh, that we need to cover. But, you know, chess is a, you know, there's a defined field and there are defined rules and the rules are set. But there are a myriad of ways to win a chess match. There's there's a myriad of ways to do it. You can be very aggressive or you can be or you can turtle and be very pat like reactive you can you can win all kinds of ways and kind of when you think about chess and that's why so many people talk about other sports in in light of it they'll say it's a chess match you know the strategy of it or whatever but because there's all these different strategies that you can do but the idea is let me see you know if i can beat this person if i can win this match doing this or doing that you know like trying this or trying that and the thing that i like about chess is that like there's not any of that heated rivalry. I'm not saying that I watch a bunch of chess. I don't. But, and, but you know, because it's less of a physical activity, people are able to step away from, like, the, the heatedness of it. And people say things like – the competitors themselves recognize, like, oh, well, this is a strategy and it worked because I didn't do this or didn't do that. Um, whereas in football or in soccer and other team sports, much more physical sports – um, that physical element adds something to it so that we can't really appreciate necessarily the strategy or the idea of like, look, all right, we're going to try to pass it every down and beat you. And you you like to run it every play. Well, let's just see who's more effective. Sometimes for whatever reason, when the physical aspect gets involved, uh, then our emotional side kind of takes over and there's there can be some problems um, that result in that where we don't really appreciate um our opponents and we don't really appreciate what they're providing for us. I love what Phil Jackson told the bulls, um, you know, the greatest, uh, probably the greatest run in NBA history from six titles in eight years. And he said, um, he made them all read this. He said, you ought to thank your opponents every time that you beat them. You, you ought to thank the people that played against you because they are helping you get better. Um, you know, they're not your enemy. They're really your friend because they're really helping you hone your skills. So that you become the best team possible. And that, I think that's really a, like a Christian ideal of what competition ought to look like. It probably doesn't look like that 
um, at your local high school or junior high where you have parents losing their minds at referees at a you know middle school football game you know the end of the day doesn't really matter who wins that game anyway <laughs> i'm rambling at this point no, that- i think it sports brings out a lot of our idolatries and what i'd say let's let's pull this back to parenting for a second one of the big idolatries that sports pulls out is that we live vicariously through our children we want our children to have either what we had or what we missed out on um and we think with our knowledge and their youthfulness that we can overcome, you know, whatever held us back in our athletic career or, you know, whatever gave us success in our athletic career, we can, we can use that and we can live through them. And that creates a myriad of relational problems, not only between you and your parent and you and your child, but also your child and the sport, because that becomes the way in which they gain your approval and the way in which, they, you know, it becomes very, kind of a fair cycle relationship where you're they're loved when they do well and not loved when they don't do well. There's all kinds of problems that can arise from that. So that'd be one big danger area is living vicariously through your children as far as their sporting careers are concerned. Yeah, I think that's a good point you're you're bringing up, Kurt. And I, uh, again, I've got to um, look up the title, but I know Walt Mueller uh, at CPYU.org, which many people here have referenced on this podcast and the local youth worker podcast. I think he wrote an article entitled who's out on the field. I think that was the title, but we'll look it up. And again, put that in the links section. Um, But yeah, him bringing this up of parents living vicariously through their, their children. And this definitely has seemed to, I don't know, grow more intense um, recently. And and I I do think there's a correlation between social media and that, uh, that, uh, you know, social media has just kind of poured this fuel on kind of bragging on our children's successes. And let's just say, look, it is good to celebrate our children's successes. And as a parent, I mean, there is this this excitement and this pride, and we want to share in that, and we need to be able to share in that. But we do have to be cautious of, you know, it spilling over into bragging and it being a little excessive. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's always wrong to post these successes on social media, but um, there there does need to be just, again, as we've said before on our social media podcast, just what we've got to consider our brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as just our, you know, neighbors, those who don't profess faith in Christ, of how they're going to receive that on social media. We cannot just post whatever we feel like and with just, oh, well, you know, that's their problem if they feel this way. But if you're going to mm-hmm. cause others to stumble, we do have to be sensitive to that. And it can be a little much when we're posting, hey, here's this award they won. Here's this accomplishment they, they had. And so we just, we've got to be more discerning as Christians. But I do think it makes it, yeah, it makes it difficult to celebrate, you know, let's say, let's say we're, let's talk about youth soccer. Okay. It makes it, it makes it difficult to se- like to celebrate the achievements of a child who scored their first goal when another kid is constantly posting that, Oh, this is my second five goal game of the year. You know, like, it, you know, not everyone's going to be good at soccer. So, you know, that's fine. You know, but yeah. if you're constantly, if you're constantly, I don't want to say bragging, but if you're constantly posting your successes in sports, if you're constantly talking about how one, you're teaching your child that that's what their identity is. And that's Mm -hmm. a very dangerous thing to teach because what if they break their leg or what if they tear their ACL or what if they, you know, whatever, and they lose and they lose that, then they have nothing 
right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm jumping in on you because I just looked up yeah. and we've already exceeded 30 minutes. So oh, let's, let's pick up at this very point um, for mm-hmm. Thursday. And so we'll continue talking about the fall a little bit more and then get into redemption. Because again, I think these are important conversations to have and hopefully it'll be helpful to those listening. And just a reminder as we're taking this out, that's Joe Deegan's music playing in the background and he's going to be releasing a new album uh, through RYM very soon. So be sure and check that out on rym.org slash music. Kurt, see you on Thursday. I'll see you on Thursday, John. Thank you.